You're listening to I Got That One. Presented by Tom and Yvonne. You know, I think I cursed Manchester by saying go Manchester on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, you possibly did. Possibly did. So I feel like um, I have this kind of special curse upon me where things I want to go well, <laughs> yeah. if I actually watch it, it's when it all falls apart. Yeah, well. That's how I discovered this during the last World Cup. Uh-huh. Where it was zero. So, okay, I'm not going to watch England play anymore. They've just been disappointing every single time I've watched. And the first time I didn't watch an England match, they won 5-0. Well, then think about it this way. All the teams that you didn't watch succeed. That's a good point. So maybe what? I should stop watching University <laughs> Challenge whenever Manchester are playing. And oh, no. that might uh, entice them to win. We'll keep this podcast going. But you just have to tell me I'll afterwards. Just, I'll just have to find someone else. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I'm giving you replaced by my own uh, wife in the podcast. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so this week we see Exeter versus Manchester. Indeed. So last year, uh, the Manchester team were very, very strong in the first round. Yes. And then kind of collapsed Fizzled in the second a half. Bit, yeah. Uh, but I think that was because of the, the changes, because of the COVID restrictions and all that. At least yeah. this time, the team would have known how to work around it a little mm. bit. Mm-hmm. And likewise, Exeter, they were the, one of the high scoring losers last year. Yes. And then ended up losing to Imperial. Mm-hmm. So let's hope that this year the Exeter team goes a bit further. I'm not so sure. Well, I don't know. Well, we'll talk about it. Yeah. So I think, let's be honest, there weren't a lot of answers answered this round. Yeah. Quite so low scoring. Overall. It was quite low scoring. So I think we're going to be spending a lot of time talking about the teams. Yes. And, and I'm going to have to get this out of the way. Okay. I just, I need to say it. And um, I... I'm very proud to be a Manchester um, Uh, alumnus. Yes. Um, You know, it's a great university. I learned a great things. I had some fantastic experiences there. Great lecturers. Yeah. Really excellent um, history program, I would say. Mm -hmm. And so I always want them to do very well because they're also, you know, not one of the Oxford colleges. It's a bit more, you know, feels like it's earned. Aside from the fact it's the largest English university and they've won four times. So Mm -hmm. there's that kind of mixed feeling about it. Yes. But I've not seen a strong Manchester team in a long time. Yes, I mean, considering they have won this game four times, I think... Not not recently. Mm. So it would be nice to see a strong Manchester team, just for you, right? Yeah, I believe the last time was in 2004, which is, I mean, not ancient history, but still. Mm. You know, it's also the last time Arsenal won the Premier League. So, you know, I've also yeah. been waiting a long time for that one. Ancient history for a lot of current students. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Oh, yeah, current students would have been, yeah, eight, you know, four or five the last time. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah, oh exactly. Lord. <laughs> Oh god, that that makes me feel so old. So yeah, maybe the you know the that that culture of university challenge has kind of dampened a little bit because it's been so long since the last victory. Maybe and, I'm yeah. not sure uh, if Exeter have won previously, but Paxman didn't mention it during yeah. the opening. Mm-hmm. But um, I would say that uh, with this current way the team is working, it could happen. Yes, maybe. But they do have a few um, weaknesses that they do need to tighten up on. Yes. So before we move on ahead, let me just introduce the teams very briefly. Yes. Uh, once again, forget we forget the teams. We keep on forgetting to introduce these teams. So on the Exeter side, with an average age of twenty-two, we had uh, Cohen doing economics and politics, mm-hmm. Ting doing law, and special shout out to Ting because he comes from Malaysia. Asia. Indeed. So that's uh, as a Singaporean myself, that's I'm very happy to it's see It's close that. enough, I suppose. Evans, captain doing geography, and Alabi doing a MA in creative writing. How and fun. I have to say, Alabi has 
a truly wonderful voice. Yes, he does, right? Very yeah. deep and... Almost as lovely as the voice of the captain of King's College from the season as well. Yes, I remember him. So, yeah, hopefully we'll see these two battle each other in the next <laughs> round because then I'll be the battle of... Uh, the nice voices. The sonorous voices. Indeed. So then on the Manchester side, we had McCafferty doing PPE, mm-hmm. uh, Stone doing an MA in theoretical physics, Irving, the captain, doing medicine, and McNair doing a PhD in applied math. And uh, just to... I mean, something that I noticed was that the Manchester team is very heavily STEM. Yes. Whereas on the Exeter side, a bit more of... Well, actually, they're very humanities heavy because um, economics and politics, law, and then geography, um, definitely humanities, social science. Heavy. So it was very definitely a clash. Yeah. yeah, clash of the discipline. Although I have to say, I don't think that the STEM knowledge was lacking on the Exeter side. No. So it just shows that, you know, just because you're major is a particular yeah. uh, topic doesn't mean that you are necessarily ignorant of other stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just that, yeah, you may be more likely to have come across some more, you know, niche knowledge. Yes, indeed. Um, yeah, so overall, I thought the executive team were, were good, actually, because, um, for example, Ting and Alabi, they stood out to me because yeah. um, Ting, for example, I thought he was quite a solid player. He had mm-hmm. a good knowledge of things like operas and, and history. Um, Alabi as well, he seemed to know quite a few obscure facts um what i noticed was that there's a question on uh shelley's autobiographer and he happened to know who that was um and just a few other questions that he he was able to before i could even wrap my head around the question was alabi who was uh, buzzing in so i think he's you know he's got strengths in that sense for sure no uh, alabi and ting are very very strong players Uh, not the strongest we've ever seen Mm -hmm. But I would say, you know, very solid performance. Alibi especially was very strong on the buzzer. Yeah. And I'm sure the stats will prove that later on. Yeah. But the problem is that, uh, and this is a problem I've seen with a lot of teams in this first round, is that they take a long time to confer. Yeah. And in fact, Manchester were slightly faster at conferring. Mm Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, they would often come to the wrong conclusion when it came to a bonus answer. <laughs> That's a pity. But at the very least, you know, they were moving things through a bit faster. <laughs> yeah. In this one, I felt like uh, they were kind of getting hung on it a little bit. And I don't know, maybe they were relying a bit too much on Ting and Alibi to have an answer or try to remember it. You're talking about Exeter. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like that was something which um, I feel like uh, was what was kind of holding them back a little bit. Yeah. Because there's some other teams that we've already Fair seen enough. perform where, you know, they were able to be slightly faster on a buzzer and mm. were much faster and more consistent in bonus rounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then on the Manchester side, um, I mean, again, it was quite low scoring, especially yeah. for them. But it was nice to see them get a right answer because you could see the <laughs> happiness on their faces because unfortunately they did lose quite a few points. I think at least 15. They lost quite a few because I think especially Stone uh, buzzed in a bit uh, too fast. Yeah, McCafferty as well. Yeah. So, you know... I felt bad for McCafferty because he buzzed in and then I think uh, he had a mind blank and I've seen that happen a couple of times and it is the worst feeling that could happen. Yeah, and then um, yeah, so it was nice to see them get the the wins in and um, they did come back a little bit towards the end. It was definitely the start of a comeback for sure. Yeah. But it just wasn't enough. It was too little too late. Yeah. And it kind of just got um, capped off with Alibi kind of uh, stopping it with his uh, again knowledge of obscure things admittedly <laughs> incorrect buzzing but you know it kind of cut yeah. momentum somewhat yes mm-hmm. uh, is there anything to talk about in terms of the performances well I think, I think that was it. about it should we move into some questions there were quite a few interesting questions I thought yeah yeah so unfortunately there was another uh, UK geography fail yeah yeah so 
towns with uh, shipyards on them. That was the first picture round, yeah. Yeah, so the f- first of it was a starter that neither of the teams got correct. Which, to right? be fair, <laughs> a lot of uh, cityscapes in the UK look fairly similar, especially uh-huh. uh, port cities. They, Especially ones who've had kind of urban renovation in the last 20, 30 years. Right. You get a very similar type of architecture. I think it's often the same architect who does would, this work. I would argue that it looks the same around the world as well. Because to me, the first when I first saw it, I thought of Sydney because it had the same kind of opera house shell structure. I could structure. see that, yeah. Um, and then the London Eye, well, obviously, that, that was a picture of Glasgow, I think. That was Glasgow. But no, I think I would be able to recognize London because it is... Yeah, but even that, that eye, the London mm. Eye, you have that in other cities as That's well. That's true. It does exist in Singapore as well. But then you have, you know, Marina Bay Sands. So yeah. I think it's when it's, you know, big, famous cities, it's fairly recognizable. But when it's slightly smaller cities, mm-hmm. it's a bit tougher. Yeah. Because my first thought when I saw that was Liverpool, to mm. be honest. <laughs> okay. Because Liverpool ha- did have that kind of facelift uh, not yeah. too long ago. Fair enough. And then the... The bonuses for that round went to Manchester, but they got all of the the questions wrong as well. Yeah, even they though, came close to one. Yeah, uh, even the one that was in Lancashire, you know, that's that's unacceptable. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Then the other question that I quite liked was the one on the Matrix. Yes, that was, <laughs> that was kind of cool. nice, and it's interesting because I feel like now the movie's old enough to where it's almost like a classic quest uh, movie question. Yeah, so. I, we sitting on the couch watching were able to answer quite a few of those. Mm-hmm. We have to remember that uh, these teams, most of them are in their twenties, and they. The, so the first Matrix film came out in nineteen ninety nine. Yes. And then the next two came out just a year, maybe two or three years after that. So it would have. I I, I guess I'm just saying I'm not surprised that it wasn't immediately um, evident to. Them. Okay, if you're just asking for the names, sure. But the other questions where it was, you know, the first program that used structured query language. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, if you know what the brief, what is structural language uh, contracts mm. to, that was a bit of a hint, but yeah. I don't know, maybe, maybe I, uh, I'm just assuming knowledge, which isn't necessarily, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't notice until I started doing computer science. So yeah, exactly. Enough. I think that there's a lot of things that we know that we assume is apparent to other people, but a lot of times it's not. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, the problem when you're doing uh, what the Americans call armchair uh, <laughs> Monday morning quarterbacking. Yes, yes. When you're like, oh, of course, you should have done this, you know, when you're very comfortably sitting at home and you don't have Paxman staring at you <laughs> waiting for an answer. Yeah. Uh, and then the other question that I quite liked was on uh, female footballers. That was good. That and was good because it's nice to see the um, kind of women's football getting more recognition, right? True. Um, slightly unfortunate that Exeter only got the two most famous names. Yeah. Because, you know, uh, Rapinoe was in the news fairly recently. And yeah. I think, yeah, Mata is a fairly safe bet. Yeah. I liked uh, how they came with the guest for the Dutch player. Yeah, just come out with the most Dutch yeah, Choose the most response. Dutch name you can think of. Van Dijk. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it is a very um, uh, Dutch name. Close, I guess. And there is a footballer called Van Dijk. Mm-hmm. But male yeah. footballer. Yeah, yeah. So that was quite interesting. Yeah, so uh, I feel like it goes to show that we're still a few years away from women's football being <laughs> as in the conscious as uh, men's football is. Indeed, yeah. Which is unfortunate because women's football is now pretty uh, watchable these mm-hmm. days. I agree. Especially the Arsenal team, much better than the men's. <laughs> I'll tell you that for free. Any other questions you like? Well, I, I of course, you know, this is me. I'm going to point out the history question. Of the course. one about uh, the Persian dynasties ah, caught yes. my attention. Yes, yes. Because I did do a mini project in school about the rise of the Sassanid um, mm, Empire. You did? Oh, okay. I mean, it, it wasn't very well done, but I remember... <laughs> 
Yeah, just reading about it. Very fascinating. Mm-hmm. You know, these kind of rise and fall of these uh, dynasties is very, very interesting. Especially I, I think so. When it's in the lifespan of one ruler, it's, yeah. you have to keep in mind that that's impressive considering the landmass that they have to cover in mm. such a short period of time. Mm, without the technologies that we need. Yeah, indeed. Other than that, um, I think those were the main ones I liked about mm-hmm. questions. Same here. So shall we move into some stats then? Indeed, it is time for a corner of stats. A corner of stats brought to you by UC Stats on Twitter. Kind of like a Muller corner, I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> little tidbits and uh, statistical <laughs> points. Yes, so yeah, low scoring. Uh, Exeter came in with 8 out of 12 starters, which is not too bad. Yeah. But then uh, only 11 out of 24 bonuses. Yeah, see, that's what I mean. Mm. Uh, if you're taking that long to confer and you're not having the points to back it up, yeah. that's really going to start biting you yeah and it made round. the match drag a little bit and then on sure. the Manchester side uh, 7 out of 14 starters yeah but then uh, very low bonuses only 6 out of 1 <sighs> That is really quite painful. Yeah, I mean, well, and uh, well, when we can when we look at most correct starter questions, we had um, Alabi and Stone, three correct starters apiece. Nice. Kerwin and Evans and McCafferty and McNair with two um, correct starters, and then Ting with one. Okay, not bad. Mm-hmm. But uh, we also keep in mind that uh, Stone lost uh, about ten points from two incorrect starters. Yeah, I think McCafferty lost five also. as well. Yeah. But, I mean, I think they made up for it. They more than made up for it. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. Stones definitely was, you know, a net contribution to the team, for I sure. I think so, yeah. But it's just unfortunate that that kind of um, might have cost them a chance to have a peg at winning or even being a best-scoring loser. Mm. Because I know that with 130, Exeter scored less than the current leader for best-scoring loser, yes. which is Emmanuel. Yeah, Emmanuel Cambridge came in with 135. Mm-hmm. And then we have Strathclyde with 110 in Glasgow with 100. Also, the London Business School all tied for 100. So this is interesting because I remember us saying in the first round that we weren't sure that 100 was going to cut it for Glasgow. Well, we still have uh, many rounds to go. We still have quite a few, but normally by this point, we've seen enough real high-scoring um, mm, matches Right. Matches to where it's very clear that, you know, below 100 or 110, you're not going to get it. Yeah. So, uh, so far, Trinity, Cambridge, Hertford, Oxford and Reading are the highest scoring teams with 190, 180, 175 each. I really do feel like well, we've not had any real blowouts. Yeah, because after Reading, we have St. Hilda's, Oxford, who had 140. Yeah. So... Considering that 140 was the highest scoring losers from last series. Exactly, yeah. For this to be among the highest scoring teams this series, I think that that goes to show that really we we are waiting, we're still waiting for the standout performance. Yeah, I mean, even this one where, you know, it did drag a bit and it wasn't particularly high scoring, the teams were still fairly even pegging. Mm. It didn't feel like Manchester were completely shut out and had a chance to reclaim it. It's not like... For example, Birkbeck's first match last season, yeah. <laughs> where oh, yes. it was very clear by the fourth question that there was no hope that they would be uh, reeled in. Yeah, Or even the Manchester team from uh, last season, where mm-hmm. they scored 100 points in the first five minutes. Yes, that's amazing. Yeah, because it was yeah four correct buzzins and all of the correct... Um, 
yeah. uh, bonuses as well. That was yeah. really astounding to so, watch. So yeah, he is holding out hope for more exciting uh, next round. Yes, I mean, also, we don't mean this to disparage the teams. Yeah. Sometimes that's just a luck of the draw in the kind of questions you get. Because yeah. I feel like some of these questions were real head scratches. Yeah, so that's true. A lot of the questions were very difficult. It could also be that the teams are matched differently. I don't yeah. know what goes on in production, but it could just be that maybe last year you had very, very good teams paired with, you know, less strong teams that led to the the insanely high scores and, and this round they've just produced and structured it differently so it could be that too I feel like there has been a slight change in how the show is produced mm. because you know like like we've mentioned already a couple of times there's definitely more of a even playing field for yeah. all the players mm-hmm. which is good for the first round but I feel like we're going to see much more um, peaks and uh, valleys in the second round yeah because you are going to end up having two different uh, you know yeah Types of teams playing against each other yeah, in the second round. So I look forward to that. Indeed. And shall we now go into a little bit early, but shall we go into our famous best dressed segment? Absolutely. Because I can't wait to talk about this one. All right. So on the count of three. One, two, three. Irving. Irving, for sure. Oh, yeah, I came in a little bit earlier than you there. Well, I think <laughs> uh, it goes without saying yeah. uh, that top was extremely colorful. Yeah, that Starry Starry Night inspired blouse. Indeed. And I really like the work she's done with her hair and she just looks you know absolutely fantastic exactly what we look for on the best dress segment for sure you know something where it's chic but quirky in kind of equal measure exactly perfect so yeah nice red hair dark lipstick perfect aesthetic lovely absolutely it's a shame we're not gonna see more of that wardrobe (laughs) yeah well on the other hand uh, we had Ting I think I would have given him my second uh, second best dressed I would have gone with Alibi actually. Really? Okay. Yeah, I just I think that jumper was really well pulled off. That's true. That's true. I just I quite was I was quite drawn to Ting's um, kind of checkered ensemble, that pattern of ensemble. See, the thing is, is that Ting looks a little bit too much like someone I played Dungeons and Dragons with back in Singapore. <laughs> well, that's a you problem. <laughs> that is indeed a me problem. <laughs> but it's just I couldn't get get that out of my mind once I saw him. Yes. Yes. Well, and there we have it. Indeed, uh, yeah, um, sometimes it happens where there's not a lot to, uh, in terms of questions to talk about, but yeah, this is still a fun show. Yeah, and so uh, good job to both teams, Manchester, and congratulations to Exeter, and yeah. we'll see you in the next round. Indeed. So until next time. Until next time, uh, you can still talk to us on our social media. <laughs> That's true. We are on Twitter as Inter2, we're on Instagram as I Got That One, and you can even drop us an email at igtopodcast at gmail.com. Fantastic. Well, until next week, it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me.